previously on Just Cow in the City. That's what they do in Hollywood. They make everything very epic. A Just Cow in the City drinking game. It's goddamn brilliant. I've had like three months to try and get a date. I gotta worry about a parade in Los Angeles now? The story of Anne Frank is brought to you by Jersey Mike Sub. And as you know, I hate Jersey Mike Sub. If my wife doesn't find that funny, I've been a And she might wake up and she'd be slapping my face. Hello? Ha-cha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just cow in the city. Cause it's just cow in the city. Cause it's just cow in the city. And welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City. My name is Dave Just Cow, and I am Just Cow in the City. It's just like that movie, The American President. My name is Andrew Shepard, and I am the President of the United States. Bob Rumson will tell you a different story. I don't know why I know all that, but I don't know. I guess I don't know any of it. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. It is the 1st of February. February, it's making me thirsty. Brew, right? Am I right? February. You can say February. <laughs> Hello. Is this on? What a great way to start. February 1st, 2022. Welcome to the show, everybody. Nice to have everybody with us on another fascinating episode of Just Gow in the City. Ooh, we are recording over the weekend just before February 1st and expecting a big snowstorm. We're talking about 18 inches, and that's not in my pants. Hello, again, is this, are we recording? You can't say that on the the air. What are we, what is this on again? I can't see the air or television. You can't say that on television. Everybody's favorite Nickelodeon show that I do. How are you, everybody, again? Oh my goodness, I am off to a horrible start. I should restart and just start over. But uh, why? Why? Come on, we're having a good time. We're all together. And yes, expecting a big snowstorm. That's always exciting, especially when you live in New York City because, you know, you have nowhere to drive. I mean, technically, you should have nowhere to drive. Now, there's multiple times, especially when I've done shows. Back in the day, now years ago, uh, back in the 2019s, you could do a show. Uh, you would have a show down at uh, somewhere, and people would come, and they would gather around. You'd hope the place would be sold out, and you'd sit around, and you'd drink and laugh with people. And uh, nowadays, uh, it's not like that. You know, you have to sit a seat apart. You have to put on a mask, and nobody really shows up uh, because uh, there's a disease. You see, that's wiped out half of the planet. But two years ago, uh, things were not like that. It was fun. There were good times. And quite frankly, that might be three years ago now. I mean, 2018 was the really... Oh, no, no. 2019 was a good full year. Yeah, right, right, right. It was 2020. Everything shut down. Oh, my goodness. And... Yeah, that's when I used, that was the only time I worried about snowstorms was because I'm like, oh, but I got people coming in from Jersey. They're not going to come. So, like, you know, if you personally have something going on, a wedding, uh, obviously you're an idiot if you have a wedding at the end of January, but uh, really you're not because it's cheap. My sister was all in. Um, you know, she's like, yeah, my wedding's going to be December 9th. December 9th? June 9th? December 9th? 
Isn't that great? Don't you own his June Bride? She goes, I don't want to be a June. Fuck that June Bride shit. And she lives by that credos now. But yeah, she had her uh, wedding on December 9th, and it was a huge snowstorm. A goddamn huge snowstorm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people canceled, but the people that showed up, it was a great wedding and a good time. But there was the the snowstorm you're hoping isn't going to come when you're planning a huge shindig like that. But it happened. I'll never forget my um, our, our hairdresser, who's now dead, uh, Patrick, who is a homosexual, uh, said he couldn't make it. And my dad got on the phone with him and uh, <laughs> ripped him a new asshole, which, of course, he liked. So that wasn't the good tactic. Then my mom got on the phone and told him the right thing. Thank you so much, folks. I am here all week. But no. Um, yeah, so I got nothing going on. So what do I fucking care if there's a huge snowstorm? I couldn't care less. My car's parked in the garage, thank God. I used to care when my car was parked in the street. But it's not. Everything is cool. I don't got to be nowhere. And these days, I don't know whether we were talking about this on the Tuesday show. And I don't know. We weren't. We weren't. I was just talking about this recently. See, here's the thing. Yeah, I was talking about this um, with somebody else. These days, and I don't know if this snowstorm that's coming here, at least on the East Coast, is one of the one. They're calling it a bomb cyclone, right? So if it is, in fact, one of these bomb cyclones. So these are these newfangled storms that nobody, you know, it wasn't a thing when we were growing up. Our parents didn't know about when they were growing up. They didn't have this kind of weather pattern. Uh, Again, global warming, probably. However, there's also, I've always had a theory that weather patterns go in every 100 or 200 years. They go in patterns. So we've only been keeping records since the 1880s. So how do we know? Maybe there were storms like these. Maybe they were that bad, but nobody documented them because no one was driving. And that's where always the problem lies. You know, if, if, if you have just small little properties, I mean, I'm not talking about hurricanes, but I'm talking about the, the rain and flooding. And I, I believe with all my heart that the story of Noah's Ark was one of those storms that my niece Dory got caught in in Newark, New Jersey, where you know she's in her car and within 10 seconds the whole place is flooded and she's underwater in her car which is a brand new thing we've been dealing with these instant flash floods they're not even called that anymore i mean they just you know um you know five inches come down in a half hour and that's the same thing with the snow that's what happened on that i-95 in virginia uh, about three weeks ago it just comes so fast and furious like like kind of a like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where they where it goes to winter and then it's just blanketed with snow, and the, I think the, the they're new phenomenons or are they? You know, like again, maybe this happened in the 1600s, 1700s. Uh, you know, everybody just thought it was normal and nobody was going out and they didn't even know it was going to snow, but people weren't really that far away from their houses. So who knows? But the point point of the matter is, if if these things are happening, you know really don't drive it's not like the old days when you know you could maybe maneuver out of a storm and nobody knows really what to expect this one they're they're not still positive which way it's going to go but if it's anything like what my niece had to go through uh, a couple months ago and if it's snow yeah stay off the roads i mean it's so obvious but i know people still have to get through sometimes i've i've been there my whole life but you know again living in new york city you know, who cares? It doesn't even matter if I did have plans. I could still make it. Nothing really matters. Nothing really matters. Nothing really matters to me. 
But that's uh, the big story, and it's exciting. I love when there's snow. I love listening to the news and just like listening to the forecast and everything. It, I, it's a very soothing thing that instantly puts me to sleep. Uh, thank God, because you know I wasn't sleeping. I think I've been having little minor panic attacks. Well, either that or I'm having a heart attack, but I, I don't think that's the case. I'm pretty sure they're panic attacks because they take a little Xanax, and that seems to do the trick. But so like today, right? I'm recording, but I was up at I guess, five o'clock in the morning, right? I, maybe I went to bed at one or two and I couldn't go back to bed because then I'm thinking of stuff. I'm thinking of stuff because, you know, this I got a lot on my mind. Even though I don't do anything, I have a lot on my mind. You know, what, what, what's the future hold for Dave Jessica? What's, what's, what's the future hold for lots of people I know? And, you know, you're just thinking about all that kind of stuff. And this happens to everybody, especially at night. And, you know, when it's dark and that that's when you, your mind just works crazy because there's no interaction with people. You're by yourself. You know, and then finally at one point in the night, I will just, you know, I'll be like, fuck it. I got, I'll just get up, you know, and I watch TV. And I was like, should I get the day started? Should we start recording now or, you know, get the day going? But I'm like, no, I'm going to be exhausted all day. I'm just going to keep falling asleep or whatever I do. So I went back to bed and I slept until like 1130 or 12, which, you know, which is why I'm wide awake right now. But, you know, I hate missing the day. When I record on Saturdays, I really want to get an early start. It's so funny. You know, I try and end everything, sending out the Patreon stuff and and finishing the podcast, putting everything together for the week by 7 p.m., and that's when I start cooking. I mean, that's my my stupid Saturday schedules that I do now, which are really pathetic. But that's the way I do it. And I, I always run out of time. And I was like, oh, well, I started at 9 a.m. today. How did I run out of time? I just have so much to do on Saturdays, but not the rest of the week. It's so stupid. And you know how angry I get when I have stuff to do on Saturdays. I mean, come on. I mean, please. You know, on February 12th, I'm going out to see Paul Lauren. Date still to be, you know, determined. To be determined. But that ought to be an interesting uh, time, but you know, if I know I have stuff to do on Saturday, that's all right. You know, I can plan ahead. Meanwhile, the Super Bowl is the next day. I mean, that's ugh, that's gonna be a strange weekend. Get the championships games today. I don't care. I like when it's, it's better when there's a whole array of games. I don't like this time of the years. You know, it's depressing. A lot of people that like football get depressed because you know it's these two games and then it's the Super Bowl and then it's over, and then you gotta wait until September. But isn't that what makes football great? Is so much break. And the fact that it comes Sunday, that's what we were definitely talking about on the Tuesday show. And the question is, do I continue with the Tuesday? You know, we've been talking about it, and me and Mike were talking about it. And I'm like, what do you want to continue after the, after the what are we doing on the 13th? No, 13th is the Super Bowl, 14th, 15th would be our last day. And it's like, a, it's weird because, you know, I'm thinking of taking a break, like for a month, maybe do it. But we are having a really good time. If you guys are listening to this podcast and you're not watching the Tuesday show at 6 p.m. on, on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, the live show we're bringing to you, you know, it it is kind of fun. If you like the podcast, I get to chat with you live. It is kind of great. Uh, Mike wants to keep doing it. I like to keep doing it. It's certainly not as uh, aggressive for me to have to put a lot of extra work into it because I haven't been having guests. It's been easier not to uh, call people and get guests and then I don't have to, you know, promote their things that they're doing. So it takes less time. It still takes a lot of time to put together because I'm trying to put together these games that we're playing. I mean, last week was kind of silly, but I like doing it. 
And I think everybody likes doing it. I really don't know. And last week I put together this game where you had to choose what kryptonite does, what the proper color kryptonite does. Uh, you know, what? what is it? Orange kryptonite or blue kryptonite? Which one makes animals have superpowers? I mean, it's a stupid game. The week before that, we did a fun John Williams one. Like, did he create this song or this movie? And that was kind of fun. And I like that kind of stuff. And I think the, you know, the people that watch do too. So I don't, you know, I'd like to keep it up. I just, I just wish it was, um, I don't know. No, I mean, I like doing it. I just, I just, I, I feel like I have to do something that's going to put together some financial gain for me, you know, and I'm not saying that about you guys, right? Damn, this, it does in that sense, but, you know, I keep thinking I'm putting all this time and effort into this show, which doesn't provide um, a financial ending. And of course, you know, normally I, I'm not like that. I don't care. And I never have been in the mentality of doing stuff for money, but you know, at this point, I, I have to figure out something, you know, something. I was just reading this article today about what do they call the anti-work people, the Reddit people who are anti-work. And I'm looking at them and of course they're all much younger than me. And I'm like, how dare you? You know, at least obviously I don't want to work, right? Obviously I'm in that movement. I'm in the Reddit world. I'm a little too old for the Reddit world, but I'm in it. And I don't want to work. But that's because I've been working at a regular job and, and doing comedy at the same time for you know over 30 years. So I'm like, well, I've had it. And these other guys, I don't think they do anything. I don't know whether they've worked as long, you know? I mean, I've been, you know, working since I was 15. And I, and I just feel like I, you know, and, and I, I need, I, well, I, I've had a break now, but I wouldn't mind working, but I'd certainly like to work at some point at a job that I, I don't know, that was, that challenged my mind as well as my body. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I don't know. I've been, I've been, you know, still trying to get some regular people work and you know, that FedEx Kinko's is still always there. I walk by it all the time. I'm like, should I just work there? It's like, I don't think I'd hate working there. I would just be rather mortified if somebody came and saw me working there, you know, and we all have to go through that. So I don't know whether you guys have seen this movie, Don't Look Up. It's really good. I loved it. Um, you got three Oscar winners, not just nominees, of Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Meryl Streep, right? So that alone you know, piques anybody's interest. You know, it's one of those movies where everybody's famous and they're all working together. I thought it was great. I'm not sure, you know, I forgot to look up online before we started this Adam McKay and what he's done. And I don't know whether he's the one that's done. Like, I don't know if he's the Silver Linings playbook guy or whatever, but this movie is great. Now, a lot of people don't like it because they don't particularly care for the message it sends. I think it's a brilliant message. I loved it. I mean, I loved it, and it just—it's—it's it's funny, it's good. It was over two hours long, maybe two twenty, and I was never bored. I couldn't wait to see what else happened. The performances are as good as being expected. I mean, this Meryl Streep, she's so fucking talented. She plays the president of the United States. She's goddamn perfect. She's sexy in it. It's weird, <laughs> like that. That's how good an actress she is. What is she? Eighty. And she still fucking can play sexy. She's good. I mean, I know we already know this. But, you know, when you see something like the thing, I, I watch Devil Wears Prada all the time, and then you see her do something like this. It's fascinating. She is that good. But so is Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio. And 
they're both really good. Jennifer Lawrence is excellent. She's good too. But it's fun. And of course, there's a, a scene that, I, I mean, did I write this scene? There's a scene where this army officer, they're at the White House and he charges them for snacks. And then it turns out that the snacks were free. So the entire movie's going, but what I can't figure out is why he would charge us. And it just keeps going on like a Larry David episode, like something I used to do where I would get mad at that kid who used to write for The Tonight Show and he didn't tip when we were out with Richard Klein from Three's Company and I <laughs> keep talking about it for years. But I'm like, but why wouldn't he tip? You know, the stuff you just want to go over and over again. Nobody cares about it. They've heard it a hundred times. So that was really funny. And again, well, who's the person that... Uh, oh, Kate Blanchett's in it too. That's right. Yeah, oh, she's terrific. Uh, Tyler Perry... Yeah, it's, a, it's an all-star cast, and it's very, very entertaining. Even Sarah Silverman's on it. And here's the worst part. This is the worst part, right? Sarah Silverman is, you know, one of my bestest friends in the whole wide world. And, you know, I've told you this before, right? All right, so I've been doing this podcast for seven goddamn years, right? I mean, I now I make some money thanks to the Patreon uh, subscribers and followers, and I, you know how much I appreciate that. I really, really do. But, you know, it's not that much. It's not like I can't make a living out of it or anything, and that's not what it's for, but it's still, it makes me happy that you want to support and you're enjoying the show, right? And then I want to work harder for you. But this, you know, Sarah, and I think I told you this, it was so funny. When the pandemic happened, she's like, I got to make money somehow. I got to make money. So, you know, I never wanted to do a podcast. What can I do? I got to do a podcast. And those words have never come out of anybody's mouth. We're like, I got to make money, so I got to start podcasting. Because everybody knows podcasting, you know, you don't make money unless you're Sarah Silverman or Joe Rogan, a great example. You know, Spotify chose Joe Rogan, if you've been listening, where the legendary Neil Young said, I want my songs taken off Spotify. If you're going to give Joe Rogan, who's giving out misinformation on the vaccines, if he's giving misinformation on COVID, Neil Young, always the activist, which is why you got to respect it. In 2022, Neil Young still stepping up and saying, I don't want to be on the same platform as this guy. I don't care what it costs me to take all my stuff off. Now, that's old school shit. Um, it's an interesting move, uh, but uh, Spotify chose Joe Rogan. I mean, they've given him, I don't know what the price is, but like $50 million, it might be more than that, to just be on Spotify and... That's how powerful Joe Rogan is right now and how many listeners he has and what his base is that they chose Spotify over having Neil Young music on Spotify, which, of course, is exactly what I would do if I ran Spotify. I'd say, thanks a lot, Neil, but we got plenty of other artists and I'll see you later. But I like that he took a shot, you know, and, and you know, played their hand. And, yeah, it didn't work out. But then Sirius was like, we'll take your music. And I don't know what that means, but I think they're part of... Uh, pandora or something like that so whatever you know i don't care that much for neil young music but i know a lot of other did have, have i said neil diamond a hundred times so far so when i play it back and i'm like oh god i said neil diamond three times but um i don't think i did this time but no neil young i like some of his music again you know that's not my cup of tea um i like power ballads from the 80s so neil young doesn't do it for me but i appreciate neil young and his legendary um what would you call it, uh, influence on the music industry and music in general. And it is so funny. Uh, 
Howard Stern was playing some Bruce Springsteen the other day, Rise Up. And I was just like, yeah, this just does not work for me. I know people get upset when I say I don't care for Bruce Springsteen. Certainly, I do not hate Bruce Springsteen, the man. I just cannot stand his music. And he was playing Rise Up, and I get it. It's about the towers and all that kind of stuff. I totally get it. I get it. I just don't, what I don't get is why people like Bruce Springsteen. I cannot understand. What are you going to do? You can't sit there and tell me, you know, you can talk to me a hundred times. I'm going to be like, I'm sorry. I don't get it. It's depressing. It's sad. And it's not musical enough for me. What do you want me to do? We talk about this on Billy Joel all the time. (laughs) We're like, Billy Joel also writes sad songs, but there's something uplifting to them. And that's why I like them better. Yeah, I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to get depressed. And I, I don't want to uh, think about stuff when I'm listening to music like that. Maybe sometimes sometimes I'll listen to Crosby, Stills, and Nash and listen to their 60s songs and be influenced and fascinated. But they have good harmonies and melodies, and I just don't care for Bruce. And I'm sorry. I know that's like heresy, especially being from New Jersey. What do you want me to say? It's just funny. Like he was playing it. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm like, why am I listening to this? Which, you know, you probably lose followers from saying such horrible things. It's like when I said I think Sidney Poitier is an overactor. Oh boy. Oh, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. When I say that I'm racist, if I say that about Springsteen, I'm just a fucking asshole who obviously hates. But uh, I I get that people like different kinds of music. The Grateful Dead, I'll never understand. And I know you got to be on acid, I guess, to like it. I mean, you know, my best pal, Dave Elliott, worships the Grateful Dead, and he's so knowledgeable about it. And actually listening to him talk about it, then I think I'm missing something. But when I hear people talk to me about Springsteen, they're obviously not saying it the right way. Because there's something when Dave Elliott talks to me about the Grateful Dead, then I say, maybe I'm missing something. But I have not met a person that I, I guess, respect enough that has talked to me about Springsteen where I have to say, maybe I have to take another look at this. So maybe that's all it comes down to. I got to wait for that person. Maybe it's going to be Springsteen himself. And maybe one day we'll hang out and he'll be like, What you got to understand about my, you know, that could be the total way it works because sometimes meeting somebody like that changes your entire outlook on everything. So if Bruce and I were hanging out and we were having dinner together, which is not something that might not happen in my lifetime, you know, weird shit happens to me on a daily basis and we had dinner together and we had this great time, I would probably reevaluate all of these statements, right? Sometimes just meeting somebody makes you completely think differently of them. My God, um, God, I think, of, uh, think about my entire, my entire adult life. Uh, <laughs> people just used to hate me and hate me. And then when they'd meet me and spend some time, I, you know, I'm able to win them over sometimes, not all the time. And they'd be like, you know, I, I thought Jessica was always kind of an asshole, but uh, he seems okay, you know. <laughs> that's that's my whole MO. So, And I'm not saying I don't think Bruce Springsteen is an asshole in any way. I think he would be the coolest guy to hang out with. But, you know, just doesn't do it for me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Meanwhile, what does get me excited 
is the fact that on Billy Joel this week, finally, we're doing this Billy Joel A to Z for almost a year now. It's coming up on a year. And I think finally this week, we have a song worthy of doing the podcast. Is that all you get for your money? And if that's what you have in mind, and that's what you're all about, good luck moving up because I'm moving out. Now we got a fucking song. That's what I'm talking about. This is why we did the podcast in the first place. Oh, my God. And I'm telling you, so we play this on this episode because we talk about it all the time. And, of course, we've had Alex Sulkin on the podcast. And Alex Sulkin, who is the end all besides Seth MacFarlane, a family guy, uh, you know, loves Billy Joel. So we've had him on the podcast multiple times. And there's this episode, which we're going to play this week, if you listen to the Moving Out episode, where uh, on Family Guy, the Joe, the police, uh, the Patrick Warburton says, uh, do you know when they opened the door, that's they got lucky and they heard a, 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 a car revving its engine and that's how it made it into the thing. But it's funny every time. God damn, see, I'm telling you, I don't think we've had a song that I think this is all I've been waiting for. Like every song we've done from A to M so far has not been good enough. And then when I hear this, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm all in on this show. I love doing this show. I love doing this show. But I'm I'm telling it. I really believe up until now there's been nothing. Even the way it opens. Anthony works in the grocery store He's saving his pennies for someday Mama Leone left a note on the door She said, Sonny, move out to the country I've been working too hard Can give you a heart attack You ought to know by now You ought to know by now Who needs a house out Is that all you get for your money? Man, everybody knows those words. It's unbelievable. That's such an amazing song. You know, before we even did the podcast, that's the song I was playing on the piano where my neighbors came up and they're like, is that you playing Billy Joel all the time? And I'm like, uh, and they're like, oh, I love it. I'm like, you do? Oh, great. Yeah, I was playing Moving Out. I don't know what happened to that. I guess I stopped. Oh, I put stuff on my piano bench. That's what it was. That's what it was. I don't even remember what the hell I was talking about now. I'm just, I was, I'm so excited. I finally have something to say. Meanwhile, right? So we're like, yeah, we got moving out. And it was fun doing uh, Miami 2017. My God, that live version is sick. So the M's have been excellent so far. Even this new song, that if, uh, Money or Love, I, I love it. So I'm thilled. Meanwhile, you know, we always get screwed on Billy Joel ADC because you know, we got moving out. And then we have this other song called My Journey's End, which is the first song he ever wrote, which, you know, sucks. And so it's like, damn it. Though we're on a roll, the next week, my life. Yes, finally, finally. Now we're getting to the good stuff, the good stuff. And meanwhile, that'll probably be it because then you go to what N O P. Ugh, Piano Man, dreading it. I'm just done with it, you know? There's so much other good stuff. But anyway, I don't usually like to mix the podcasts because I 
could bore people, but I've noticed there's been a obvious trend of liking Billy Joel, then liking this podcast, then liking the football show, and that makes me so happy. So that was the whole weird thing we were talking about again, going back, is that should I continue doing the football thing? And I want, because I love talking to everybody in the chat room, it's so much fun. I know a lot of you guys that are out there now, you know, come into the chat room and it's so great. And it's so fun, and I know Mike's loving it, the producer. It's just so fun to talk to everybody and, you know, live for an hour every day, every week, rather. So, I don't know. I guess keep it going, right? But I could also use a break. Just like a month off, you know. Well, we were definitely going to take the summer off, so. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Just Gow in the City will return after these messages. Hi, this is Dave Juskow. Join me every Tuesday on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Channel on YouTube for a rockin' good time at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They bring out the duck in front of you and they kind of tear it up table side. Now, if you see, on the bottom is an actress, Jennifer Jason Leigh. And she looks a little strange there. That's what caught me off guard because shows the next picture, Mike. Hey, Stacy, this is some great iced tea. Hey, listen. Hey, my friend Ramp really likes it. You're not allowed to be in the chat room anymore. And Mike, you're going to have to quit the show. <laughs> Catalina says Tuesdays are the best. Well, I appreciate that. Tuesdays are the best. Why? Because we have this show. That's the Comedy Cellar Playoff Show. You're going to love it. But speaking of uh, music and playing on the piano, I gotta, I'll, just, I'll just go right into this and then we'll talk more about other stuff, but... So I was at my mother's yesterday, right? Figured, you know, whatever, right? I'm my mom's Thursday, right? You know, come on. Um, and, you know, we're always just still going through her shit, you know, because I told her, my way of moving is you just, you throw everything into a fucking box and you take it all with you to your next place. I mean, you throw out the obvious bulky stuff you know you're not using anymore, right? Which is what we did. And I say, you got a drawer of shit that you want to go through, you throw it in a bag and bring it to the next place. We'll go through it there, which is exactly what we did. So every time I go over, I take a box, I go through it, and we always find uh, little hidden gems of stuff. And it's so funny. I found this notebook, which clearly, I guess back in the 80s, it must have been difficult to get a notebook because my mother and I were sharing it. Right? So the first page... It apparently, and my mother doesn't even know what's happening. My mother and apparently some friend named Renee, who she doesn't even know who it is, were trying to put together a concierge uh, service, uh, concierge incorporated. It's my mother and her friend in the mid eighties, I would think, and she she would write all this stuff in this notebook that she was going to type up later. So it's like, let us help you with airline tickets, hotel reservations, limo service, floral gifts, personal gifts, theater tickets, dinner reservations, delivery of items provided. I don't know what that means. Call and tell us what you need. We'll handle the details. There's a $25 minimum charge. So my mother was, if you think about it, she was going to do what Expedia does and more. She had it all printed out. Look, she got this notebook full of stuff. I wonder how old she was back then. I wonder if she was like my age now. She's trying to get this thing together. Probably younger. 
Good restaurants in New York, near Theater District, near Lincoln Center, near museums, restaurants in Central Jersey. She had it all planned. Restaurants for luncheon parties in this area. Art dealers for wall decorating in your offices. Interior decorators for doing on redoing your office. For women executives, personal shopper services. Personally take you to better discount stores and guide your choices. <laughs> it's just funny thinking of my mother being that anybody would call. And then she even has the next page. Airline ticket request. <laughs> She's like, name, leave from, early or late. Restaurant reservation. It's really funny. She had a plan, but I've never heard of this in my life. I never remember her talking about it. And if this was in the 80s, I don't know why she wouldn't have mentioned it. It must have been something she must have done while I was at college. And it must have been such a short-lived idea that when I came home, she never even mentioned it. And then it says, here's what we need to start our concierge business. A phone and an answering machine. A phone. We'll need phone books. For Manhattan, Union City, uh, Union County, Essex County, and Middlesex County. <laughs> Manhattan and Middlesex County. That's phone books, billing pads, pads for orders, lists of restaurants, lists of theater ticket agents, list of limo companies. Type. Oh, oh here's, here's my favorite one. A typewriter or personal word processor. I don't know where she got that word processor idea from, unless that was supposed to be me. We're also going to need a checking account and bookkeeping books. And then that's the end of it. And then it just has a list of all the money I owe them in November of 1986. <laughs> I guess that's how she was going to start the business. Well, maybe if we can get David to pay the $325 he owes us, we can start this business. I can show you this book on the uh, bonus content this week. <laughs> then there's a letter. And now you know where I was getting it from all those years when I used to write letters to the presidents of corporation all the time. Here is a letter, I guess, to the president of GW University. My daughter requested a room change at the beginning of the semester. Finally, the week she is studying for finals, she receives a letter giving her one day to look at available rooms. Now you listen to me and you listen good. It's really funny. Then there's these letters to my college friends who I guess, um, it's, I don't even want to talk about it because I still like them, but they stayed at my apartment after college and they didn't pay the rent or anything or the cable bill and my mother had to write to all their parents. It got really ugly. Um, it's it's We try never to talk about it because I'm still friendly with all three of the guys she wrote the letters to, but here they are in this book. And I guess what she would do is write them and then type it up. Now, here's the worst one at all. Are you ready for this one? This is the worst one. I read it to my mom yesterday. I'm like, you cheap son of a bitch. Dear David, our I mean, it's very sweet, but you know what are we doing here? This is obviously a scam. Our gift for the last night of Hanukkah is this letter. Should I just end it there? We wish you a very happy and possibly a very successful new year. We want you to always remember that we love you. We always will worry about you and we will always be here for you to come to. It's very nice. You are a very talented and creative young man. Good looking too. That's so unnecessary because now I'm not buying it, you know. We only want the best for you. We hope this is the beginning of a really new, exciting year for it is we shall 
all bask in your sunlight with all the love mommy and daddy. Now, you know, daddy had nothing to do with this. But if this is the substitute for the gift for the last night of Hanukkah, I never got this. I, and she never typed it up. So this is unacceptable. <laughs> it's very sweet. But of course, it's, I told she she used to be a good mom. I think she really meant that stuff. And then something happened. After my dad died, she became just selfish and awful. My sister was telling me just today, she's going to visit today. And she goes, um, I got to put my pictures up. Somebody's got to put my pictures up. But, um, you know, as long as I have pictures of you and David, that's all the family I need. And my sister was completely insulted. Wait, so my, you don't want any pictures of your grandchildren up? She's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, then there's the, the letter to American Community Cablevision, which is in Ithaca, New York. Mr. William Smith, Office of the Vice President for Student Affairs at the GW University, which is hilarious. Beth did not receive notice of the room change. This is what parents would do for you, I guess, which is good, I guess. Oh, then my mother was looking for a job. She wrote to Macy's in the, the personnel department. Dear sir. Enclosed is an employment application and resume. I am interested in a job as a fashion consultant. Where does she get off being a fashion consultant? <laughs> oh, I, I have had my own sportswear business, both at home and later by renting space at a nail clinic. Many friends have requested my presence when shopping for special clothes. <laughs> and then, it, And then she wrote letters for me when I was looking for work, but I could see my handwriting on the bottom, it says, Dear Sir Matt, and it's to HBO, NBC, ABC, CBS, WNYW, TV Guide, Time Life. There's a, that's all there was. I tried to get a job after I graduated at every television place that there was back then. They just didn't have the kind of stuff. I tried. I closed a copy of my resume. Uh, during the past four years, I've had TV experience in the field and producing, directing, filming, and editing and acting. It's too much. And then I wrote, I can see my handwriting. I was also in charge of producing packages for documentary something and entertainment programs. I've been trained in managerial positions as well. I don't know how that's possible. Under my guidance and production, the show I worked on became a two-time award winner. I can... I don't know what the rest is. Oh, there's another page. Another aspect of my ability was putting together publicity and advertising. I guess I did. This is all college stuff, though. My sales ability acquired many sponsors. I have also been trained as a salesman. One of the items I sold was cable television and was the number one seller for my unit in 1983, <laughs> which I was, but uh, no one cares. And here's all the addresses to all those places. I guess my mother found them. CBS TV, NBC TV, ABC TV. I really tried, and no one cared. And then, of course, to casting directors. I And then it, it's my resume. Uh, 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 have done stand-up comedy at Pips in Brooklyn and Dangerfields in New York City. And then and then it's my resume. I played Pinchek in The Wall and The Cab Driver in Hot El Baltimore. And, of course, Ernie Douglas in Greece. That's right on the resume. It was We were talking in the Billy Joel thing uh, last week with uh, Miami 2017. 
Oh, and then here's the best one. Uh, a letter that my mother wrote that I guess I was supposed to type up and send. I don't know. I can't believe she did all this work for me. I guess we have to reevaluate, right? To Stand Up New York, the comedy club on 78th Street. It's so weird because uh, Olga and this other guy, they always like, when is he going to come to Stand Up New York? But this letter, and I guess 1987, was like, in reference to your ad in the New York Times and closed as my resume, I'd be very interested in working for your club. Please contact me and my old phone number. Yours truly, DNJ. Now, this is great because I want to say that I want to, there's a, Olga's friends with the owner of this place. So what I want to do is show him this letter and then be like, you, you know, you never responded to my letter, asshole. Why would I want to play your club? Now I have a reason, you know, for not going there. Did you get any of the letters I wrote to you? <laughs> As I remember doing that to Sarah once. And she goes, I've been hanging out with Ron Howard. I'm like, did he get any of the letters that I sent him? Because <laughs> that's... Because <laughs> as it turns out, apparently I did send. And then the best part of this book, which again just doesn't make any sense. There must have been oh then oh yeah, then there's a letter for my grandmother because uh notice to tenants of the building in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. It's like as of this date, no tenant in your building has offered to collect the necessary yearly do dues. Because apparently my grandmother, Seal Reitman, was the treasurer, and my mother had to write a letter for her to send to the tenants. I don't know why my mother was the, the person to go to. I guess because she used to be a secretary or something. Now you know why. I guess it makes sense that, you know, when I got older, I was in charge of writing letters for everybody. I just have them on my computer. But then the next pages are the songs I've written. It's the strangest thing. It just comes out of nowhere. It Clearly it says I, I wrote a song on January 26, 87, or 89, February 12th. I don't have any names. I just have musical notes. I'll show them to you if, uh, if you are at the Maggie level of uh, uh, Patreon. Yeah, it says August 13th, 89. That's my birthday. And I just have musical notes. And I signed it. You know, when that song becomes huge. Here's my Halloween rap. <laughs> I mean, I, I was trying to play it on the piano. And I'm like, none of these sound very familiar. But it's like, what are we? We didn't have any other notebooks in the house. We all had to share one notebook. That's what makes it rather fascinating. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty goddamn funny. So <laughs> it's I got oh, I got to meet the guy who won't stand up New York. He, and, and then he'll be like, well, I didn't own it back then. Oh, you got an excuse for everything. I just want to get mad at everybody. Or maybe have that guy on. I think Olga knows who it is. Yeah, maybe this guy Donnie, I think it is. And have him on the show and be like, uh, yeah, there's a couple things I wanted to talk to you about. And I don't want you to get upset about it. But Jesus Christ, I got my letter right here. And you never responded to it. Now I got to find out what that ad in the time was. Maybe it was just to work there. But it's so funny. I was talking to my sister today. And, you know, she wants her uh, son to work in the city and get jobs in the city. But, you know... The other thing, you know, she she doesn't know what's going on, and he's never had a job, and they're, like, talking about him. I mean, we're really going through the same thing. He's talking about getting a job at Target, and he's obviously upset because, you know, he wants to be an actor. He's, there's still a major opportunity for him to do that, but this is a tough time, uh, and especially for being white. That's apparently become a problem for him, let alone me. Um, 
feel bad for him, you know, especially like, you know, you can't meet people in person. He's very charming in person and he can't really meet them in person. So that's definitely a deterrent. I feel bad. You know, I do feel bad for kids who never, you know, uh, like I said, I talked to my friend, Lara, who's what, 27, 28. And she's just, you know, I mean, fuck two super fun years, just completely wasted. I mean, I do that on a daily basis. That's those are called weekdays for me. I mean, I just sit, you know, after seven. That's when the TV goes on. But then after Hogan's Heroes, I usually really get stuff going. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, on Sunday, I went out, and I was pissed, as you know. I went out for Attell's birthday, and he wanted to do it Sunday at six, right during the greatest game that's ever been played in the NFL. Of course, but that's all right. I was just like, no, nah, I gotta let it go. I got to let it go, whatever. I'll never get out if I don't go out. I haven't been going out. I got to go out and it'll be fun. We're going to Chinese food. It was my recommendation. We went to Peking Duck. I'll show you some photos. We even have the duck, uh, you know, with the head on and stuff. They present it at the table. I'll show you everything. Uh, Again, um, for the bonus content, trying to come up with it. I again, uh, I hope you liked last week. You know, I did what is it, three to five minutes just to add a little something extra so I can give you something extra for $10 level. So I, I hope everybody's okay with it. I'm trying. I am trying to do my best. Uh, other than that, so we went out and uh, our friend Rena gave Dave uh, a little tiny telephone, a tiny miniature dollhouse telephone. And it was very funny. He goes, Oh, great. I can talk to Brad Williams on this. Now, I don't know if you know who Brad Williams is. But uh, he's a little person, so <laughs> it was <a> goddamn hilarious. <laughs> it still makes me laugh thinking about it now. Guy's a goddamn genius. Oh, but it was fun. The food was excellent, and I was trying to explain to the guys, you know, how it works and everything. We had a really good time. Glad I went out. Uh, it wasn't that chilly. Uh, you know, I was trying my new gloves. They work okay. Or was that the ones I brought back? I can't remember. I got new ones that are working okay. Apparently, I'm never going to get gloves that I want. I want my hands burned when I'm riding that motorcycle. I want them burned. I am so goddamn cold. I cannot stand it. So, I don't know. But we definitely had, um, it was really fun. And then I... How did I get home? Did I? Oh, he drove us home. David uh, drove us home. And then I, I was lucky. I got to see the end of the game, the last two minutes of the Kansas City Chiefs-Buffalo uh, Bills game, and really that's what you needed to see. It was spectacular. Again, I don't like to talk sports on this show anymore because we already have a show where you can do that, but wow. And I was uh, so, I, so I guess I you know, did everything I needed to do that day, and it was fine. I got to see friends and hang out. I was there with Nick Griffin, too, and Ian Finance and Louis Katz and... Um, we had a really nice time. It was a good dinner. And Dave paid for everybody, so it was great. Um, now, normally, that's where I draw the line, and I say, we shouldn't let him pay for his own goddamn birth- birthday. But he just doesn't care. We've all given up. Obviously, you know, it sounds good to me. But, um, you know, he shouldn't. He always pays for all of us all the time. He shouldn't pay on his own birthday. But guy won't take no for an answer. What are you going to do? Oh, so what I was going to say where I started this, when I was talking about Don't Look Up and podcasting and Sarah Silverman, and I'm sorry I went totally roundabout, but you know this happens sometimes. It's even in Catalina's uh, drinking game where I do come back and make a relevant point that in the movie Don't Look Up, 
they actually have a scene with Sarah on her podcast talking about whatever it is, uh, something political about what's going on in the world or something. She's not playing Sarah Silverman. I looked at the credits. She's playing a different character, but it's her podcast. And it's her, and it's just like, it's like so unfair. She's been doing her podcast for a year and now her podcast is represented as an influential podcast in one year in a movie with three Academy Award. No, I'm sorry, four Academy Award winners. I'd forgotten about Kate Blanchett. And I ain't just talking about Academy Award winners. I'm talking about best actress and best actor, not just supporting shit. I'm talking about Jesus fucking Christ. That is full of some serious award winners. And, and and there's just it's just a small scene, and she's not you know active. She's just pretending to be a podcaster, and I don't know whether they filmed it separately for the movie or just took it from her thing. But I was just like, you got to be goddamn kidding me! And of course, I know how it is. It's like I said, when Sarah says she has to make money for the podcast, and then she had like people like, I'll take that podcast. No, I'll take that podcast. You know, fighting over doing her podcast. But when you think of doing a podcast, you never think about doing a podcast for money because it's very rare. To make money from a podcast, you have to be a Joe Rogan or Mark Maron or Sarah Silverman and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of funny where she's like, what am, what am I supposed to do? I got to make money. And I'm like, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. But it is a complete insult to her pal, Dave Jessica, has been doing a podcast for seven years. And, uh, you know, really, I mean, listen, I love doing it. I love doing it. Everybody knows. You know, I love doing it. I love bringing it to you. So that's not the issue. But it's just funny. I could never picture making money at this. I mean, oh my God, wouldn't that be amazing? But what are you going to do? I mean, if I was making money at this, I would do a daily one. You know, I would be, happily do a, a three hour podcast a day. If it, you know, if it paid and anybody cared, I know you guys care and I appreciate it. And I get that. And I never want to take that away. I'm just say I need about um, 10,000 more of you to care and then we'll be good. Or really, at this point, just 10 more people should really put me over the edge. <laughs> but please, I'll, I'll never take it lightly, and I appreciate it. And let me, and, oh, yeah, we already said that. So so Wednesday, uh, Olga and I have been talking about going, and I just haven't been leaving the house, and we're like, come on. You always go out with everybody else. You keep blowing me off. She really wants to hang out. She wants to hang out. And I want to hang out with her, too. We talk every day. Olga Namer, the comedian and my friend. We finally decided to go out Wednesday, and I said I was going to get a haircut, and then we could probably go to that bar that I like to go to on Third Street. But the guy that where I get my haircut, he wasn't working on Wednesday. So I'm like, damn it. So we decided to go to the Soho House, which, of course, as you know, is the snobatorium that I don't care for. It's a bunch of jerk-offs in there, but she loves going there. She's a member there, and everybody just goes on there. It's like a, it's like a Starbucks for rich people. You go there and you work on your goddamn screenplay. Now, you're not allowed to talk on the phone there, which is nice. But as soon as you walk in, everybody's in the lobby talking on their phone because that's where they can talk on the phone. So it's just douchebag central as soon as the elevator doors open. So I'm already pissed. Meanwhile, I'm freezing. I tried to take two Revel bikes and both of them, the throttles weren't working right. The first one I had to put back because I was just stuck. At least I was by my house. And the second one was just taking its time to start up. And I'm like, maybe it's the cold. But then it kept stopping. And I'm like, this is now this is dangerous. Because you're trying to weave by buses and cars and you can't speed up. You're, you're going to die because you're planning on it speeding up. So that was really uncool. And then I had to call them and tell them, you guys suck. And they gave me a, a discount. But it was so hard to talk because my hands were already freezing 
because even though my gloves were kind of working, I had to take them off when I was talking on the phone and my hands were freezing. It was a freezing day. It was one of those freezing days, you know, super freezing. So anyway, uh, we went into the place and I was just like, oh, this sucks. This sucks. But I tried not to be that way, <laughs> but I can't help myself. It is just full of douchery. And I'm like, let's just sit at the bar. And they have really nice, comfortable chairs at the bar. But so we had a good time. And I just immediately, like, just get me a, get me a scotch. Just get me a scotch quickly. And the guy was like, well, here's our menu. Just get me the goddamn scotch. It's right behind you. I'm getting furious. This guy, I obviously need a goddamn drink. I haven't had a drink in a long time. I need a goddamn drink. Relax. As soon as I had that drink, everything was fine. I'm a fun guy. Everything was good. She got a bottle of wine because it was happy hour. It was happy hour, right? Um, so I think I had four scotches. I was just going for it. I was having a good time. I didn't care. And then she invited this other friend who's in her orthodox jewish sect you know young looking for a man so confused can't get out you know kind of the way olga was fascinating me meeting these people you know women that are just that don't know olga and i are talking to her and she she doesn't get it she doesn't get that she's brainwashed but just there's no other term to put it and so it, you know we're just looking at each other because it's it's so clear she doesn't understand. But the best part was that we were having, the three of us were having a good philosophical conversation about it without getting angry, or getting upset. Nobody was saying, you don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't like that. It was really good level-headed discussion like you would see, we were talking about like in, like in Crimes and Misdemeanors where Martin Landau goes to his old house and he's having this discussion with his father about Judaism and, and Passover or whatever it was and 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 god and that kind of stuff and and that's technically that's the best part of religion Jews burned to death and he got away with it. How did they get away with it? Six, oh, come on, Sal, open your eyes. Six million Jews and millions of others. And they got off with nothing. How could human beings do such a because thing? Because might makes right. That is until the Americans marched in and stopped them. I don't them. like this talk at my cider. Okay, okay. Okay, all right. I think this is interesting. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. There's this joke about the prize fighter who enters the ring. And his brother turns to the family priest and says, Father, pray for him. And the priest said, I will. But if he can punch, it'll help. So what are you saying, May? You're saying you challenge the whole moral structure of everything? What moral structure? Is that the kind of nonsense you use on your pupils? Do you not find human impulses basically decent? It's basically nothing. Such a cynic, my sister, a nihilist. Back to Russia. Well, listen, I happen to agree with May when it comes to all that mumbo-jumbo. How can you say that? You, you come to every seder, you, you pray in Hebrew? Yes, I'm going through the motions. It's like any ritual. It's a habit. What are you saying, May? There's no morality anywhere in the whole world. Listen, for those who want morality, there's morality. Nothing's handed down in stone. Saul's kind of faith is a gift. 
It's like a, an ear for music or the talent to draw. He believes, and you can use logic on him all day long, and he still believes. Must everything be logical? And if a man commits a crime, if he, if he kills, then one way or another he will be punished? If he's caught so. If he's not caught, that which originates from a black deed will blossom in a foul manner. Uh, you're relying a little too heavily on the Bible, so... No, 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 no. Whether it's the, uh, the Old Testament or Shakespeare, murder will out. Who said anything about murder? You did. Is the, 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 the people where you can have a, a good theological discussion without getting angry or upset. And that's what makes that movie, again, so special. You know, the one... You know, and it happens with the Catholic Church, too. I mean, you can... I mean, all I use is movie examples, as you know. But in the movie Hannibal, <laughs> uh, they're at the Catholic Church in Italy. And you know this happens. And they're having... There's one scene. There, All these guys are having a very big theological discussion, you know, about Judas and about Christ and stuff. And, and those kind of things are fascinating. Would I not like to sit in on something like that, hearing, you know, intellects kind of talk about how they think or see things everybody sees things differently but if you can have a a discussion a lively discussion about stuff like that without people getting out of control it's quite nice so it was kind of fun and we had a really good night and then and we stayed there for what we were there for like eight hours i think we got there at three and i think we left at one or midnight i don't remember and she goes hey my friend wants to come and this guy jeremy who i like this guy dave wants to come and he's really rich and he usually pays for everything. And I'm like, well, I can stay for that if he's going to pay for everything. That sounds good to me. You know, right? So he goes, well, she's not, he's not going to pay for our, you know, previous stuff we've had. I'm like, oh, well, then why are we waiting for him? You know, seriously, right? I'm like, what do I want to, you know, see another guy for or whatever? So I thought, I don't know, but I we waited for them to come. And even though we were kind of finished, and I guess Olga was a little loaded because she fell asleep, which made me feel great because I'm like, oh, I beat, and she loves hanging out and drinking. So uh, I've done it again. I win. I'm able to hold my liquor. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to challenge myself on those few days that I do go out drinking now. And I hung out with this guy. and We had a really nice time. And then, uh, you know, the bill game, the place was closing up and we had to close out. And he goes, what do I owe you? And I go, oh, don't worry. You only had one drink. Don't worry about it. Because what am I going to say? I mean, the guy was nice. We were talking about Jersey strip clubs back in the day. I guess he's young enough. He still goes. I'm like, I don't go to him anymore. But if you know of a place that, you know, I can go where, they, where they're not going to bother you. Because I don't know if you remember that story. I mean, certainly I never liked going to strip clubs anyway. But there was a time in my life where. You know, just everybody I know either worked there or they wanted to go or would tell, uh, when Attell was doing the, the TV show, we'd go with, with Jon Stewart sometimes. I mean, just that's what you did. I never really liked it very much. I don't like the teasing and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I just went with the flow, which sounds very unjust guy like. But in, in years ago to Elizabeth, New Jersey with my friend Joe Salabi used to work there, used to manage these places. So we was always, I'm like, uh, you know, always at these places right but i haven't gone in years nor do i want to maybe ever again uh and this guy who was talking about some of the old places that you know were still there and i'm like you know the last time i went i thought it would be fun i had a gig in jersey and i went to this place i used to go as a kid and they were just so i just wanted to sit at the bar and stare at topless girls i mean it, it you know, you're not allowed to do that as a man and just stare at people or anybody. You're not allowed to stare. But here's a place where you pay them money 
and you're allowed to just stare and not be bothered. And you just look at, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to, I, I just thought it'd be fun to take the, the money I made from comedy and just stare. You know, and be like, here's what I'm going to do. Today. I'm going to go to this old school place and it'll be funny. I remember the guy, uh, this guy sold Joel and he was so excited. He's like, you are hilarious, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this funny. I'm going to go. I just went by myself. This is a couple of years ago. Maybe it's like seven years ago at this point. I hadn't been to one in years. I'll go to this old-fashioned Jersey place where they're not going to bother you, where the girls aren't going to keep coming up. Do you want a lap dance? I'm like, no, I don't want anything. All right? Uh, but I, you know, I know what you're doing, and I don't appreciate it. Just leave me alone. I just want to hang out. I just want to hang out at the bar. But they, they constantly berate you and berate you, and then they get mad, and then the people that work there, they're all Russian, and then they're like, why aren't you buying lap dance? And I'm like, oh, fuck you. Because, you know, really, it wasn't like that back in the day. You know, I mean, there were places like that. But this is a stupid place in Saraville, New Jersey that, you know, is a dump. I'm like, that's that's why I wasn't expecting it. And so this guy told me, he's like, no, I can go to this place and they don't bother you anymore. And I'm like, well, that I would do again, maybe. Because sometimes it's exciting when they're just kind of sitting on your lap and talking to you. You know, it's nice to talk to a, a girl and just, you know, you don't have to do anything. Sometimes, I don't know, but what I'm just saying is uh, we were talking old school and I haven't been to one nor have I want to go one for years and especially nowadays, who would ever want to go one? But we were having a nice conversation. And that's why I was like, nah, you had one drink, don't worry about me. Well, this was a guy that was supposed to pay for everything, right? And I'm like, uh, whatever, whatever. The bill fucking comes. It's like $300. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me because I she knows why I hate it there. I hate the prices. If we had gone to the bar that I wanted to go to for staying that long and what we drank, it probably would have been, well, definitely would have been half. Would have been 150. I would have been upset by that too. And I'm like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. I hate this fucking place so much. Why are we here? Why do they even charge you? What's the point of being a member? What what kind of discount do you get? So you're a member at this place, but then they charge you double for all the drinks? What What kind of membership is that? So I was pretty upset by that, but, you know, I just, I was so drunk and just let it go, obviously. And then, oh, right. I, I got in her Uber. We just went to her house and we hung out for a couple hours there. And that was, that was pleasant. And then I, and then I went home and I, I was like, well, I got to go. Like it was like three in the morning and I think it was eight degrees and I was looking for a goddamn city bike. Yeah, it was either 3 or 4 in the morning because I know the Revel scooters don't start until 5 a.m. again. And I'm like, I'm going to take a bike home. Now, could I have taken a cab or you know an Uber? Yes, but I was pretty mad at the money that I spent. And I you know, loved the challenge. And I'm like, well, it's freezing and this is stupid. And yet I'm going to do it. So I took one of the electric bikes. And of course, because I was having trouble with all electronics that day, the first one didn't work. And the second one worked okay. Then I tried a third one and it still didn't work. Like they worked, they were electric bikes, but they weren't. I was huffing and puffing. And maybe that's because the cold weather was driving me crazy, but I felt like I was working a lot harder than I wanted to. So I was going from the West Village all the way to my house and it was freezing. But again, every time I'm on that bike, and I had a splitting headache because I definitely didn't have enough water. I was dehydrated. I had a splitting headache and it was freezing. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I doing this? But I need the exercise and the way to get home because 
I got to sober up a little before I go to bed. So I always need that, like, a little walk beforehand. I can't just take a cab home. I'll be, like, spinning and stuff, you know? So 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 funny. I, I'm driving. Uh, you know, I know I'm going to tell you guys about it, and I'm going up 8th Avenue, and I move over to 6th Avenue, and I'm going past Macy's, you know, where they have the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and there's nobody on the streets. And in all ways, it would normally be so pleasant but I'm going past Macy's and Times Square on this bike, but it's like four in the morning and it's like, don't you want to get home? And then you say to yourself, you know, this is so exciting riding your bike past all these legendary places in the middle of the night. Look where I live. I mean, I do get that feeling. I respect it where I live. I still, as much as I want to move out sometimes, I still am that little boy who always wanted to live in New York when I do stuff like that, it's still exciting and I can still acknowledge it, how entertaining it is to go past, you know, where the Thanksgiving day parade is on my bike at three in the morning and there's nobody there. And I'm like, can you imagine this would be, they, this would be right out of a movie and filming it. And I would be watching as a kid and be like, Oh my God, I want to do that someday. That's so exciting. And it's funny that it still is. And then I remember, I think it was 4 o'clock in the morning. Unfortunately, I still had the food that I had made on Saturday, this uh, Chinese. I made this Chinese imperial chicken dish with rice. And I had to something. I never ate all day. I didn't eat all day. I didn't want to eat. That's what, We didn't even order any food. I, we could have spent that money on a steak dinner at Wolfgang's. That's what's so upsetting. When that girl came in, she ordered food. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. I didn't want to order any food because I want to spend the money. And I don't like eating food. But if I eat the food when I'm drinking, then I want to go home. I get too I get too stuffed really quickly now. It's not like in the old days when we could do whatever we want. So I didn't eat anything. I was like, I got to eat something, even though I really wasn't hungry. I'm like, I always sleep better if I eat something. So I ate this big Chinese meal when I got home. Not big Chinese. I just ate in the kitchen standing up because that makes me feel better like I'm not stuffing myself. And then I went to bed. But I think I went to bed for like two hours. And then I woke up and I uh, went to see my mom. I had good times, right? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? And you know what the thing is about this a kind of place like this? Now, there's a place there's a place in the West Village, not just the place that I go usually, but there's a place called Anton's. It's right where Olga lives, about where she lives. And what they were doing a few weeks ago is offering 25-cent martinis and um, Manhattans. And the liquor authority or the state came in and they were packed, Right. And they're like, hey, COVID sucks, so we're doing this to bring customers in because it's so smart. So, yes, you have 25-cent martinis, but you know people are ordering other stuff too. It's a brilliant way to get people back in. They only offer it for a couple of hours, and the place is packed. And that's what these restaurants have had to do to deal with trying to stay open. And the state said you can't do that and threatened them to close down and take away their liquor license they're like why can't we do it oh there's a a little known law that said you can't mark down anything 50 percent from what it is it's pathetic I, I i couldn't even believe it when i read it they're like you're kidding they're like oh yeah yeah it's just uh it's, it's like right out of the simpsons when they're like hey you're right i'm allowed to get two comely lasses is that what it is i can't remember chief wickham says they looked through this book from the 1901 Okay, boys, here's a loony law from 1911. Five kicks of the same can shall be considered illegally transporting litter. And the chief of police is allowed to get 
two lambs and something, you know, something like it's like that kind of thing. And it's and it's so innovative, you know, because people are trying to think outside the box. How can I bring customers in when everything sucks? This is a brilliant goddamn plan. You offer a couple 25 cent martinis. You know, they're like, hey, it's old school day here. It was really smart. And I just, you know, again, I, I like that kind of thinking. And and then they and then they got screwed. It was our new segment. Fucking brilliant. Oh, I have that piece, by the way, from the distinguished gentleman we were talking about last time. Let me play it for you. Hey, how you doing? Thomas Johnson. Rafe Simon. Freshman from Tulsa. And this is Bo Chandler from uh... Lufkin, Texas. Great party. You're Jeff Johnson, the guy from Florida. Yeah, that's me. You know, the rest of us are out there on the campaign trail, raising money, kissing ass, making speeches, dragging our butts from place to place. And he slides in on pure name recognition. Let me tell you something, Jeff. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there's a, also an, another restaurant, and I like these kind of stories about New York restaurants doing whatever it takes to stay open. And there's a guy who's charging $30 less for Dover Soul at a restaurant here downtown again um, than the other restaurants to get people to come in. And a lot of people don't eat Dover Soul, but he's saying it's really fresh, and everybody's saying, and he's getting all these new customers. And everybody's complaining that he's cheating or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, it's just the, the, the seafood bills are getting out of control. We all know there's a chicken wing shortage. Everybody's having difficulty, so they're coming up with plans, which is really smart, and thinking outside the box to keep their customers coming in, and I like that. Meanwhile, the next stop is Houston Street. You know, I was reading a, a thing about, in Soho is a mess right now, Soho, New York, that there's like fires everywhere now, like small like sidewalk fires, like you'd see in Escape from New York or a movie that's um, the, the apocalypse and there's always like random street fires that either people are using to keep warm or they're just fires running. And that's what's happening in Soho right now and everybody's scared. But, you know, Soho has never been the greatest area at nighttime anyway. I mean, all you need to do is see the movie, oh, crap, the Martin Scorsese one uh, uh, with Griffin Dunn. Damn it, After Hours. Phew. And that takes place in a, you know, the 80s Soho nighttime clientele was always a little off you know but i mean the place became different but at nighttime it's always been weird there i mean it's always been questionable but i guess when you're starting fires that's like the true decline like nobody's starting fires to burn down anything you know it's just like the bum fires you know like you see in the goddamn movies where a place has been declining it's weird but that's what's happening everything is going to shit now, I, I do think it'll pick up again, but I guess everybody's wondering when. It seems after the winter ends, you got snow, you got cold weathers, you got COVID. Wouldn't one think by May, this should all be over. Even if another variant came out, 2022 of May has to be it. Otherwise, this whole world isn't going to survive. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. There's also, uh, uh, there was another story today about this guy from scotland who did the classic in 1993 pretended he was a 
the student, there's apparently a documentary coming out now about him that he was pretending he was a, a high schooler. And I guess he was, I don't know, uh, oh, he was always, he was 30. And everybody, everybody, he was telling everybody he was 15, even though he looked strange. And he got away with it for two years until until the teacher recognized him from a, wait a minute, because he had had some of the same teachers, but he got away with it for two years. And the best part is, he there's a picture of him where he's in the high school play. <laughs> he's he's in the high school play and he was nervous about kissing a girl in the play because at least you know that's where it would get really bad obviously so uh you know just a classic story he looks like an idiot but you know there was also he made friends with the people that were also idiots. it really is just right out of never been kissed the drew barrymore movie that you could not make today when her brother you know, joins in and starts dating a 15 year old girl. So, but uh, apparently back then everything was game, but I like those. Um, I think it's fun. I just like that. He was in the play and there's a picture of it, of him in the play. And that there's something so hilarious about that because you would say to yourself, and he was trying to like do it to get better grades to go to medical school or something. He wasn't even doing it for like a bad reason. He, he just kind of messed up. There's, there's, you know, positive reasons for him trying to, go through high school again and it's just funny like why would you be in a play like why bring attention to yourself <laughs> you know so that's that's when you get caught up in the you get caught up in the part too much what is that um bone says that line in star trek 4 professor may uh my assistant join us of course don't bury yourself in the part when he says that to Scotty, when Scotty's uh, play, playing his boss in Star Trek Four, now who would know that line except me? Thank you. Wasn't that funny, boys and girls? Oh God! All they do is advertise that stupid new show, which is called American Auto, and they have all these things like funniest show ever, funniest show ever. By whose standards? You know this show's gonna suck. American Auto, because Anna Gasteyer ain't funny, and this show's going nowhere. And I just can't stand when they're like, oh, my God, this is the funniest new show. It doesn't look funny. It's stupid. But NBC has a lot of those kind of shows that they keep telling everybody is funny and they're not very good. And I'd be very surprised if this works out because it just looks awful and stupid. And I thought maybe they were going to air it after the Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about this on the Super Bowl on the uh, rather show this week. I'm always fascinated what the TV shows they air after the Super Bowl and what their NBC is going to do this year because that's always my thing. Like last year, CBS aired The Equalizer, Queen Latifah in The Equalizer, and The Equalizer is still on the air. It is helpful. And there's a legendary list of shows that, you know, never made it, and then there's ones that it really helped, like especially when Friends did it, you know, when NBC, when it was just starting out and they gave them the after Super Bowl, the one with Julia Roberts and um, at the time who was a... Dolph, no, not Dolph Lundgren. Uh, the, the, Jean, Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme. This year, they're smart. NBC uh, has the Olympics, and the Olympics will be going on during the Super Bowl, which I don't know whether that's rare or not, but they're going to air the Olympics after. Oh. Fucking brilliant category. Fucking brilliant. There you go. That's where NBC's doing its stuff. I like, you know... You might hate them when they're stupid shows and all that shit, but that's smart. Yeah, we'll air the Olympics after this. Why wouldn't we? There's a whole nother week left. Now we'll promote that. 
Fucking brilliant. Thank you. Lands in the category. Maybe there's something else to do on this planet. And finally, I'll just t- uh, tell you because it just hits home. It's unbelievable. They're talking about the people that were in Reddit, you know, in the stocks, which was me, and all those type of people, which is me, although I'm probably 20 years older than everybody else. They're talking that now all these people are moving to the mobile sporting apps. Yep, because if you think about it, it is the same thing. And I know I'm guilty of it too. I'm like, no, no, you know what? The money I was going to make at the stock market, I can just bet on a game. It's the exact same thing. Oh my God. This is the way I think too. I can't believe this. Well, you know, it makes me happy to know there's others like me out there that are thinking this way. It's bad. I know I got a gambling problem. I mean, I know it. And obviously it's rearing its ugly head again now that there's New York gambling stuff. And it's funny. We were talking about, I guess, I think me and Olga were talking about it on Wednesday that, you know, I don't have a drinking problem. I don't have a drug problem. I do all of those, but I'm very good at stopping and maintaining. But I absolutely have a gambling problem. So the question is, is it that bad to have a gambling problem as long as you don't have the other problems? I think if you have two vices, you're in big trouble. But if you have one, everybody has one. David Tell can't stop smoking. Is that going to ruin his life? Yes. I can't stop gambling. Is that going to ruin my life? Yes. In a different way? I don't know. It all comes to a bad end for smoking or somebody who drinks too much, like my old friend Trish. You know, if you got a vice like that, it's, it, it's all normally going to end badly anyway, and everybody's got one. I don't know, maybe you buy too many shoes or too, clo- too much clothing, or maybe you like Coke or getting high too much. Now, that doesn't seem to bother anybody, but if you get high too much, anything you do in excess is always bad. Now, meanwhile, this is the best. I was watching the Bob Costas show. Uh, it's called Back on the Back on the Record. It's so good. He's such a good. It's such a fascinating show, and it's mostly sports talk and stuff. But it's you know Bob Costas is cool, and he had Al Michaels on, who's doing the Super announcing the Super Bowl, and he's I didn't realize he was seventy seven, and it was revealed that he has never had a vegetable in his entire life, and he is amazing. As a sportscaster, he's still spry and fun and interesting, and he's 77, and he's never had a vegetable. In fact, he's never had a vegetable so much, and he was explaining why he said his mother had him at 17, and that could probably have a lot to do with it. He hates vegetables so much. If by accident, somebody at a restaurant puts vegetables on his plate, he has to have them cook him a whole new steak because he can't even have the juices flow into the steak. But he's 77. No vegetables. You know, I keep thinking to myself, I haven't had a vegetable in a long time, too. Sometimes I'll have some lettuce on a taco or a tomato, but I'm very bad when it comes to vegetables. Uh, Sometimes I try and put a salad together, but it's iceberg lettuce, which has no nutritional value whatsoever. So what does that mean? I guess it just means, again, the crapshoot we were talking about. Some people just eat the way they eat, like me, and don't have any issues yet and have made it this far somehow, but I just had Taco Bell last night. And then there's the others who, I I, I don't know, does eating vegetables, I, I mean, obviously keeps you thin, I, I guess, and, and healthy, but he's lasted this long. He seems to be living a pretty good life. No vegetables. What does that tell us? I don't know. 
And there's people like Marina who give me a book about celery juicing and how important that is to her to keep cancer away. It's hard to know. You know, because everybody's going to give you a different story. Well, nobody's going to tell you not to eat vegetables. <laughs> you know, that's why that's, I, that was the greatest thing I ever heard. Well, he looks great. <laughs> I'd never heard of anybody like that that's never eaten a vegetable. I, I don't know what that means. I'd like to look more into it, actually. I think we have to look really into this. Because, again, I haven't had a vegetable in a very long time. I'm trying to think. Well, maybe Sunday. I think I might have had some broccoli. No, we had some green beans. At the Peking Duck House, where we also had duck (laughs) and stuff that's really full of sugar and probably bad for you. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. What's going on? I mean, it's just about enough out of all this. But I will tell you this. God, I hope it was a good show today. You know, I do this. When I was reading through that book, I'm like, wait a minute. Have I just been boring people? I'm reading through this book. I think it's funny. Maybe people don't think it's funny. But, you know. You have these kind of podcasts, and then you have the other one. And, of course, I always get nervous that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm boring everybody. But hopefully that's not the case. And there's always next week, and we can always start over again and try harder to win your trust and your love and how much you love this podcast and how much I love bringing it to you. Damn it. So we will see you next week. The head end of February. And the super cold weather months. And it's always so hilarious when people are like, oh my God, it's so cold and it's snowy. Like it's not supposed to do that in January. Grow up, people. Grow up. Anyway, we'll see you tonight on the live show. And don't forget about Billy Joel. And I will see everybody next week on Just Gal in the City. Good night, everybody. <laughs>